Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we're in the studio. I've got the entire staff here in the studio. And we also brought in some pizza. We've got a special episode. We're going to do our New York City recap, which we do every year that we've had the podcast. This is the second year we've done this. And we always like sharing the stories and kind of the, the little behind the scenes things that we get to see that not necessarily the general public gets to see and we share with the audience here. So with that, I'm just going to go around the room and introduce everyone. So to my right, on my side is the wonderful and talented Marcy White. Hi, guys. Across from Marcy is Chelsea Bunyer. What up? What up? <laughs> Next to Chelsea is the newest addition to the team, Brianna Burt. Hey, guys. And next to Brianna is uh, the... What's his name? What's his name? I'm drawing a blank here. He's got a black shirt on. That's why I don't recognize the shirt. Uh, The wonderful and talented on our CrossFit side. Ran his first marathon this year, Mr. Vincent Camp. Hello, everybody. Well, thank you guys for joining us here on the podcast. And thank you for listening at home. And we've got some New York style pizza here. So we thought we would do this kind of authentic... New York City Marathon recap and celebrate with some New York style pizza that we have here in Connecticut, believe it or not. We do have really good pizza. We have really good pizza in Connecticut. But this is not about pizza. This is about the New York it's City. It's a little Marathon. bit about pizza. A little bit about pizza because we ran the people run to eat. And that's right. just typically what it is. So, with that being said, I'm going to go around the room here in the studio and, and ask you guys the same question. And, and I'd love to hear everyone's perspective on this and we've got some employees that have been here longer than others so for you guys what was the best part of this year's race and i think in fairness we'll start with chelsea because you've been here the longest and then we'll go to vin marcy and then Bray, just kind of in that order from who's been here the longest to the the newest so with that being said chelsea the mic is yours you know i think this kind of stays consistent for me every year. Uh, Every year that I've been here for the New York City Marathon with Project Purple, you know, we put all this work in leading up to uh, Marathon Weekend. And sometimes these runners are, are fundraising for us for you know 11 months out of the year leading up to this race. Um, so, you know, I get the opportunity to develop relationships with these runners and. Uh, they put a lot of hard work in, and we we spend a lot of time working with these runners. Um, my favorite part of the weekend is hands down getting to cheer for all of the runners uh, at at the cheer zone on race day, uh, because I get to see you know all that hard work that they put in kind of come to life on race day, um, and especially this. New York City Marathon weekend, the weather was absolutely perfect. Like it was perfect for runners and it was perfect for spectators. So uh, that was definitely my favorite part of the weekend. We had great weather. Oh, it was awesome. So this is really hard doing a podcast eating because you have to like really time, <laughs> time like, it, right? your bites here as I just took a bite of pizza. Um, yeah, the weather this year was really, really spectacular. And I think that was one of the things that I think was really special about this year. And I remember talking to someone on Monday about this. Not only was the weather spectacular for running, but it was spectacular for as Chelsea takes a bite of her pizza. And it oh my, my thumb just went into the went, crust. Went into the crust. That means you got a good crust if you like if you like that kind of crust. But you had really good weather for the spectators. 
And usually you don't have both. Mm -hmm. You either have really good weather for the runners, and then you have really good weather for the spectators. So continuing with the best part of this year's race, let's uh, let's hear from Vin here and see what he has to say. Yeah, for me, it's um, it's a had a little different perspective this year. Um, I do agree with Chelsea. Um, being in the cheer zones from year after year is by far the best part for me. But being that I did run Chicago, um, it elevated that a little bit more for me because I was able to understand a little bit more what the runners were going through and, and seeing those people and seeing us you know, in those cheer zones um, elevated that for me a whole bunch more. Um, and then also I was able to be Dino's doppelganger for the day and as he was running. Um, so I put on my Dino hat and he handed over the megaphone and had the boom box and everything. So that was it was unique and special for me and Joe just being able to be on the megaphone and continue to cheer those people through as they come by and you see their faces and it almost, you see that energy almost go through them. Um, you know, to we are, I was at in Brooklyn, so I was at mile, you know, between 11 and 12, you know, pretty early, obviously a little half, just about halfway through, but you can see that passion and that, that energy come through them. So for me, you know, this year's cheer zone was, you know, by far one of the best I've been in. Awesome. Awesome. And for our listeners at home, we just had another member of our team, an important piece of our team, just join us on the phone. Couldn't be here physically, but the wonderful, the talented coach, John Honorkamp. John, how are you? Good. How you guys doing? We're doing great. So John, question for you then, as I take another bite of the pizza, this is like bad timing, is what was the best part of this year's race for you? And I know you've been, you know, you probably have the most experience with the race from your relationship previously working at NYR and then all the coaching you've done and being involved with the race for so many years. But for this year, what do you think was the best part for you? Yeah, I think it's the, I don't say the best, the first time I've done it. I've been fortunate enough the first time I ran in 2010, before I was at New York River Runners where I was fast enough or maybe I bribed someone to get into sub-elite so you had the fancy buff to the start and a fancy tent next to the pros. And so as far as, you know, we talk about the logistics of New York, that's probably the most trickiest part as far as getting to the start, where if you're a pro or, or, or sub-elite, it was a, it's a lot easier. And so that year I was fortunate enough to be in that sub-elite program, and then every year since I paced a celebrity, and so I got VIP access. But this year uh, my celebrity got injured, and then I kind of was, figuring out how I should get to the start, and I just decided to, to kind of go the masses route and check that out, and we took a bus from Prospect Park Track Club over here, which actually was quite easy, um, easier than normal, but we got there so early, it was um, 6 a.m. when we got there, and actually, luckily, it was dry, and it, it was a little chilly, but I had my layers on, and it was interesting to kind of, I've heard so much about the logistics, and I know about it as far as telling other folks how to handle it, but I'd never gone through the kind of regular Fort Wadsworth experience. And so I felt like it was a good opportunity to do that. So I wouldn't say it was my favorite or the best part, but it was, a, it was unique or different or the first time for me to do that. So actually it was good exposure. And then obviously getting out of the finish area, I've never had to do the walk-off. <laughs> and it was pretty long. So those are just kind of unique for this year for me. But I, I love coming off 4th Avenue and making that left on Flatbush and that right on Lafayette, 8 to 9. It goes from like four four lanes down to two, and it's almost like you're in a tunnel of people. And it's early enough where you feel good. And um, I think that's always a special part of the race, that uh, 
uh, I feel like not a ton of people talk about. It. We talked about it on our podcast, you know, but yeah. definitely um, for a spectating, that was, um, uh, you know, always a, a fan favorite. I have to agree with everything you said, and I and I get uh, my experience this year. I was there a bit early at, at the Athletes Village, which was kind of the not the norm because the last two times that I have run the race, I've timed it pretty good where I just walked in there and then I go straight into the the corral. So it was it was a different experience, but a really cool experience. So um, it was cool to be there. Uh, the weather was really great this year, which Chelsea mentioned was probably one of the the best things excuse me, from a spectating and from a runner perspective. So it really did help that whole experience. And and I, I have to say what you just said, though, about Brooklyn, where it goes from four lanes to two lanes. And I was really fortunate. I was with one of our uh, runners. And that was something that was really special for me to see so many runners. And I, I didn't have the best race that I've had um, in New York this year. So uh, I really got to see a lot more of the runners than I probably would have if I, if I didn't have uh, the day that I did, but I was with a runner at that point and it was just so wild going from four lanes down to two lanes and how the crowd is like right on top of you. And and just like the fans, I literally stopped. And this is a story. I, I don't think I've told most people right in that section, John, and there was a church and there was a there's a, a choir group and a church group out singing. I forget the, the exact location, but it's in that vicinity. Um, there was a $20 bill on the ground and I stopped to pick it up and uh, I handed it to the lady who was standing there and she's like, no, you found it. And I'm like, no, I don't need it. You take it. Uh, so it's just kind of cool. It's just the, the people on that whole stretch is just really, really exciting. So uh, yeah, that's great stuff. I'm going to pass it over to uh, Marcy here. And and so Marcy White, who's here in our office, who's been with us a couple times um, for the marathon. What was your best part of the race? So to narrow it down to one aspect of the whole weekend, I would have to say last time, I think for me, I think I said that it was about the runners and really getting to know the runners. But this time I have to say the supporters of the runners, those that came out with the runners I really just enjoyed getting to know them and learning more about their stories and saying thank you. They've supported these runners this whole entire time and in long supporting us. So I really appreciated the supporters that came out. And surprisingly, there were a lot this year. I feel more so than any other year. And I know at our chair zone, I was like, come on down, come chair with us. We got, you know, cowbells will hand out and they, they did, they came. And it was an awesome experience, I think, for them as well. If you build it, they will come. Exactly. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I, 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 again, different perspective for me because I wasn't on that side uh, being out on the course. But it was cool to get to the chair zones and see different faces that I was not accustomed to seeing. Yeah. It was special. It was very spiritual and moving. Lots of tears. Awesome. Bray. Hey. Your first experience. <laughs> yeah, my first experience. So what did you think was the best part of this year's race? Well, I did have a marathon experience when we were in um, Twin Cities. In, in Twin so, Cities. Yeah. And um, I think that for me, I really wanted to see the expo and experience like a full-fledged big expo. And I think the people that we were able to connect with and really talk to and kind of get our message out to was really awesome. Um I didn't really get that experience when we were in Twin Cities, so it was awesome to be like 
people coming up to you and be like, oh, well, what is this about? Tell me about this. And they were genuinely interested in what we were doing and what our mission was. And then we got a lot of people to sign up for our virtual event that was going on, which was also really cool. But there's a lot of different people from different countries and different backgrounds, which was really cool because everybody really had an experience that I spoke to and they were really thankful and grateful for what we were doing. Yeah, I think New York really brings such a diversity. I mean, as a city, it's super diverse, but I think the marathon, as we're speaking to, is just like any other race. And and that's, you know, no knock on anyone or any other event that goes on through the year. But I think just there's something special about New York that just brings people from all walks of life. And I think for me, and I'll end on this for in terms of what we're talking about right now, the best part of the race. And I think I mentioned this, John, on our podcast when we talked about like the ways to get to the village. And I, I was sitting next to a guy in the bus that didn't didn't know who he was and found out he had five kids and he lived in lower Manhattan and he was on Wall Street, fairly successful guy and daughter goes to Yale and he's got four other kids that he's eventually going to put through school and it was his first marathon. And I was like, wait a minute, you've lived in New York City for like 20 something years and you've never done the marathon. And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh my God, like you're going to have this mind blowing experience. So that, that to me is just really cool. And then I think just the race that I had just was kind of special in its own way, even though it wasn't the race I had envisioned uh, clearly, but it was really special to see people on the course, the multiple charities that I, I know and have relationships with, whether it was Immerman Angels or uh, Team Two um, and so many other groups that were just out there cheering MDA. And it was just really cool to see that and, and to see a lot of the runners on the team that I probably would not have had the opportunity to maybe walk or run a couple miles with if, if I didn't have the race that I had. So that for me was kind of the special part of that. So I want to shift a bit. And this is not necessarily this next question um, and, and shifting in the sense that this is not that could be answered directly from Project Purple. And I think Anytime you have 53,000 finishers or 53,000 runners, there's so many inspiring stories. So this doesn't necessarily, this question have to be a Project Purple related inspiration, but what was the most inspiring moment for you personally during that weekend? And we'll start it off with Chelsea and then we'll go back in that same order. So, um, Marcy was actually here for, she was at the cheer zone for, for this moment that I'm going to talk about. Um, but Marcy's husband, Shane was at the cheer section and it was like right before I was getting ready to head down to the, the after party. And, uh, this, this random runner came up to us and was asking for a shirt. He was clearly like freezing. We were at mile 18.5 and I think his sweat had cooled a bit and it, it, there was some shade on the course at that point. So uh, he was cold and we had some t-shirts in the bag. We were like trying to find something for him to put on because so, he was clearly freezing. Um, and Shane literally took the shirt off of his back his, he had a long sleeve shirt on that said project purple on it, literally took it off his back and gave it to the runner that was running in the race. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. 
That's yeah, pretty awesome. I remember that. <laughs> how did I not hear about he this? He had no shirt on, yeah. just his pants Shane, left. Shane was he just... told us at the after party. And yeah. he was like, I'll figure it out later. And we rummaged through the bag, <laughs> found Shane another shirt. Right. But... Yeah, Shane was literally shirtless yeah. at that point. <laughs> I, how, is, how am I not you didn't hear that one yet? before? Like, this See, is that's the first why time. these recaps are good. Yeah. I mean, that's Shane didn't awesome. even hesitate. He was just yeah. like, yeah, man, I got you. Hold the flag. Here yeah. you Shane, who became our uh, designated flag holder at the 18 and a half <laughs> miles pop, uh, gives, off, gives his shirt off for some complete stranger. Mm-hmm. That's pretty special. John, what was your kind of moment uh, in terms of inspiration? And I know your race didn't turn out the way you had planned it, but I know we talked about this uh, post that, you know, you just gutted it out and and figured a way. Uh, But what was probably the most inspiring thing for you on race day? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I definitely had some problems uh, about 18 and a half, but having all these cheer zones, whether the local crews and and teams and out there cheering all the different charities, including Project Purple, it's, I actually got to 18 and a half, and I kind of was like, legs were just blocked up. The people I was running with um, kind of either went ahead or fell back, and I was in kind of no man's land with our little group. So my immediate purpose kind of seemed to went away. And then, um, you know, I was, you know, and I'm not immune to my legs killing me, my back, you know, getting it tightening up. And so I literally officially, like, dropped out at 18 and a half, and I was like, I'm done. My ninth in a row, I don't need to do another one, like... How do I get back to the start or finish rather to get my stuff? And then I started thinking about like my wife getting birth two weeks ago or prior to that. <laughs> and, I, and I said, like, in my mantra or, 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 you know, the saying that I kind of came to my head in that mile from 18 and a half to 19 and a half was, dude, figure it out. <laughs> like, and then even like, you know, Project Purple, all the stories with the people who I've helped coach. And I'm like, I can't do seven more miles. I don't care how you know, how much my legs hurt. Like, you need to finish this, you know? And so um, that was more of a, like, I was just glad I, I, I was able to re-enter the race and finish the job. And the time wasn't great, but I was actually pretty proud of, of kind of, um, now looking back on it, it was kind of silly because it's only a few extra miles. But at the time, I was just done. But there's so many stories, like you mentioned, and, um, you know, I was like, just do figure this out. Just, you know, whether it's childbirth or, you know, a lot of the stories that I've learned through Project Purple and others were there whether you lost a bet or you're, you're raised all this funds and awareness for a great cause, it's such a, an event that's way bigger than yourself, even though in, in the moment you're, you're kind of battling your own demons. So I was quite um, glad that I finished because the, the cool thing about the marathon is everyone goes on the bus and everyone you meet the random guy and the dad of five and maybe it's your, someone you know that you know, you're going with. And the race goes off and whatever wave you're in, we're all kind of like a clean slate. Regardless of how well you're trained or whether you're injured or not, you're kind of like a clean slate. And then as the race unfolds differently for everyone, and people might have problems earlier than others. Some people, I know a guy that was trying to run 318 ran 3.06, and I'm like, how did you do that? Whereas I was the opposite of falling off the deep end. But uh, then you get back to the, you know, I went to four or five kind of after meetups, including Project Purple, and it's kind of fun to, to be up with people. And even if it went poorly, kind of see how they and where they went wrong or where they really hit um, rock bottom in that day and it was it's kind of funny that it's kind of you know close the close the end of it where you close the circle where you're like just just almost like that all the whether it's triage on the course or this person fell or you know the shirt talk you know, t- t- taking the shirt off your back is a great story there's all those little stories along the way that you hear about for weeks and again you know you can't hear all about them on one on that one day because it's a lot going on with this 53,000 
let alone all the, all the ones in the spectator. So obviously that, the little demons that I had to kind of walk myself off the ledge was kind of a, a moment that was more for me and that I was able to push through. And then just kind of just being a part of everyone else where, again, you're not you're realizing you're pretty humble and kind of not, you know, not immune to, uh, and I, then I often think of like, how do I do others well? Because the way how poorly this went the last seven miles was really kind of um, interesting to kind of how you survive and get through the finish. And I know, you know, you had an experience similar where you started tightening up midway through and you just have to figure it out. And it, it is kind of, um, you know, a badge of honor and, and one degree where you, you Yeah, that would have been a different... More more personal, but it was... I was glad I finished. That would have been a different type of conversation, especially at two years old. I don't know if that... That'd be be a hard conversation to have, teacher, how to, you know... But uh, inspiring stuff, and and it's great stuff. And I I think something you just said, John, there's 53,000 stories, man, which is so amazing. If you start to peel back... And I think people get kind of caught up, like the metal, the, the times, but then you realize like those are 53,000 stories. And it's so crazy um, to like, when you start peeling back the layers, cause that's kind of the special sauce and what I think makes New York the race it is. You know, so, so I just want to say something, something I saw on social media, like on uh, the day following the marathon, like for those of you who know me a little bit. I came from a town of like 800 people in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest. I graduated with a class of like 58. And I saw on Facebook the day after that uh, someone I graduated with who did not have an athletic bone in her body uh, going to to high school um, finished the the New York City Marathon in like 356. So I, I saw that. I just I reached out to her. I thought it was really cool. I didn't know she was there because we don't keep in touch. But somebody I graduated with, so pretty cool. It's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I, I think there's there's so many, and it, I, I think John. The other thing you said is like, yeah, clearly in that day, you don't get all the stories. But as the weeks unfold and as you know, time goes by, you hear all these stories, which is just so wild to to realize like all this happened on one day and you know, all these people were doing the same thing. Thanks for sharing, John. Vin, what was your most inspiring moment? It's hard for me to to pinpoint one moment because I think it was the whole event as a whole. Um, I say it about a lot of races, but again, with New York, and like you guys said, the amount of people that go through there that all have their own story. It's it's the sense of like, of being a part of something that's bigger. You know, we live in this world today that has so much turmoil and controversy and conflict that for those however many hours that we're out there on the course, whether it's you're the elites that are finishing in, you know, two something or the last person to finish, you know, whenever that is, it doesn't matter, you know, your age, sex, color, religion, anything along those lines, how in shape or out of shape you are. It's just, Everybody is there pushing their mind, their body to that special place that is, you know, for me, it's inspiring to, you know, I leave there just on an all another level of, of a high, um, you know, then you're calling people's names out that total strangers and you see people walk by and if somebody's walking, you'll see another runner come by and tap them on the shoulder and you say they got it. It's just, I mean, it's like everybody's friends and everybody's out there for 
you know, they're out there for their own stories, but it's, they all have this one thing in common. They're finishing a freaking marathon and participating in a marathon. And that's something, you know, to me, I think that that's something just, you know, pretty special. Less than 2% of the world's population. Right. It's less than half a percent. Less than half, right? In the U.S. Yeah. So it's a pretty special club. It's a good one. Marcy? So for me, I have to bring it back to the chair zone again. The most rememberable and there were multiple cases where one of our runners would run by and they would see their supporters, their family, their loved ones on the sideline with us chairing and they would stop for that brief hug or maybe that brief snack. And there's a moment there where there's no words. Some of them cried, just a few tears. And in that moment, I kind of just sat back to myself. I stopped chairing and I kind of just took it all in. And in that moment, they're remembering why why they're there, what they're doing, who they're doing it for. And when you see those tears shed by the loved ones and by the runners, it's just motivating to keep going and to keep doing what we're doing here and for the runner to keep going and to finish that race and to go get that medal um, regardless of their time because they're doing it for a bigger reason than us. So that for me was definitely the number one seeing those runners and those moments with their loved ones. And that's something that we talk about. Um, You know, it's funny that you said that, but, uh, you know, I usually say that runners will have that moment, you know, when they realize like what they're doing. And and sometimes that happens there in that cheer zone because they get to see their loved ones Mm -hmm. and they don't have to say much, but they just, that embrace is enough to, you know, understand collectively that, you know, the magnitude of what they're doing and how special that is. So it's a good one. Bree, since it was your first one. It was my first one. So being a runner, I kind of see what you guys are all saying because I've had those moments. So personally, like I know the feeling of having that moment, crossing a finish line and realizing a goal that you've reached. Um, But you guys are talking about stories and how there's so many stories that are out there that we don't even know. On top of that, there's also reasons. And I think that we collectively all have a reason to be there and to be supporting people and having runners there. But we also have to think about the other reasons. And you see the athletes who are the para-athletes who are in the wheelchairs, who are doing different things, who are um, the team Achilles, where there are guides running with people. And I think that the reasons were the biggest things like for me that touched me because it's like, okay, I don't know these people. I don't know what they're running for unless I know what's on their singlet and being able to see those different reasons and really think about it and be like, okay, like these people are running for Alzheimer's. We're running for pancreatic cancer. Some people are running for breast cancer and there's just a collective of coming together and running for a singular or like a goal that's through a team or by yourself, that's just really motivating because I have my own reasons for running and I'm sure all of you guys have reasons for doing certain things. And it's really about pushing your heart and your mind and your body to that. And so it was just really cool to see someone who's like me um, or even braver than me to push themselves to a limit that not many people can understand. So it was really, it was moving. Yeah, it's it's you know you mentioned the Achilles and I think for me one of the moments <clears throat> that was inspiring for me there was a guy 
uh, I don't know if everyone caught this, but he did finish. He finished late. Um, he was in a wheelchair and he was pushing himself backwards. Yeah. So um, I think his name was Joe or Greg. Um, don't quote me. That, that's pretty broad. <laughs> I think it was Joe. And that, that's something for me. Um, I've always really appreciated the Achilles guys and, and the, the guides. Uh, one of my first experiences, and I'll keep this sh story short, was when I did the Boston Marathon for the first time back in 2012. I started in the back with all the charity runners. And there was a guy who was like six foot four, like, I don't know, 200 and something pounds. And he was blind. And, and that was like the first time I ever saw like the guided runners. And I was like, Jesus, if this guy can do this, and he was kicking my butt that day and I wasn't trained, um, which I took that in accord, but I was like, then I can totally do this. You know, so it's just such inspiration, just amazing. And so um, the guy who was in the wheelchair, I passed and, and it was just something like, I was like, man, like this guy is like plugging away and he's got like three guides with him, you know, to kind of keep him from getting hurt and from keeping people from running him over and stuff like that um, in terms of the running. And um, I did see on the Today Show that they did show him cross the finish line, which was really cool. And I think uh, the, the pair... Um, the wheelchair uh, athlete, uh, Tatiana McFadden, actually gave him his medal, which I thought was really cool. And she's kind of been kind of a pioneer in that, in the hand cycle, or it's not hand cycle, but the wheelchair uh, sport. And, and she's been an amazing ambassador for that, that whole growth of that sport for people that, you know, use wheelchairs and marathons and, you know, has done very well for herself and her career. So to me, that was kind of the most inspiring moment to see that guy kind of trugging away. And then to see him finish uh, on the news was pretty special. All right. Last question here. And, and, you know, for most of you, except for Brie, you won't have an answer to this, but maybe we can kind of look forward. How does this year, 2019 compared to years past? And we'll start with Chelsea. Um, <clears throat> I think that the reason that this year was so special, uh, is because, so you look at, you look at last year and we by far last year raised the most money that we've ever raised. Right. So there's like, there's a lot of excitement that goes with that. Um, and a lot of expectation to live up to fast forward to this year. And we had, we had an amazing fundraising year this year too. We didn't quite reach the amount that we reached last year. Cause last year was just we're still the number two charity right. on crowd right. exactly. for the race, which we were last year. Exactly. Just the numbers were different. But I think what I come back to is like the fact that we get to every day, like work with runners like this who are so passionate about the cause and uh, raise so much money for us and year after year continue to do this. So like back to back years, we raised over $400,000, almost a million dollars total in two years. So it's just proof that what we're doing uh, in, in partnership with the New York City Marathon people, the NYRR, what we're doing uh, is really working and, and people are on board uh, and uh, we, we can't wait to continue to move forward because it's, we've had an exciting couple of years in New York. Yeah, it's been pretty special. John, how does uh, this year compare to maybe years in the past for you? Yeah, I mean, um, my first one was special because it was my first, you know, and then after that, I had a different role with kind of pacing people and 
it's almost like on one hand it's Groundhog Groundhog Day because it's you know, it's the same thing every year and obviously it's it's but it's 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 phenomenal every year and you forget uh, the nuances along the course. But what I always love is you know for the new the, you know, the first timer so this is my ninth in a row. But I love whether it's my Make It Nice team or the Project Purple folks or some other people I coach. And I just love I mean the magic of the race is phenomenal for spectators and runners. But the folks running the marathon for the first time like that never gets old for me. Um, it's just like so exciting to hear how their race unfolded, good or bad. And then someone else brought it up earlier where like that's it's the best day in New York City hands down every year. And people think New Yorkers and I'm I'm a native Long Islander and I've been in New York for twenty five plus years. Some people think New Yorkers are rude. I think they're more just busy and it just gotta catch up at the right time and but everyone's like everyone's their best self on Marathon Sunday. If they see a medal on you, they don't care what your time was or if you ran eight hours or two oh and it, they're nice. They they wish you well. They congratulate you. They give you a hug, and uh, it's just a magical time. I think they touched on that where it was just like everyone's your friend, and there's no enemies, and, and, and everyone's just so excited. But you're, you know, some guy ran it too that was running it like 38 in a row, and then it's the first time, or it's not somewhere in between. But that just you know, like the, the, the feeling of that high, and that energy, and that buzz in New York City every year is just blows my mind, and then. First timers, kind of hearing their story and how their day unfolded for the first time, uh, it kind of brings me back to my first time. And it got to be the same every year. Where you, you just kind of lo- love hearing those stories and love the fact that the city is just—I think it's its best self that day. Yeah, you just said something that's really uh, powerful, though, because I think New York gets beat up a little bit. I, I do think there. Well, there's rude people everywhere. Let's let's put that out there. But I think people are busy in New York more so, or they have that perception that they're busier than other people, which could lead to being rude, right? Let's let's be honest here. But I do feel, though, that weekend, especially the day of the race, I mean, the city freaking brings it. Um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, clearly there's 53,000 runners. So even if everyone brought four people to the party, it still doesn't equal the amount of the public that come out and cheer. I mean, there were people on every part of that course, John, except for the bridges. And and quite frankly, I, I've got to call this out. On the 59th Street Bridge, there were actually people all the way up the runway uh, coming from Queens into uh, onto the bridge. So I was kind of surprised by that, but I don't know, maybe they were like certain personnel people and they were just cheering. Um, and I was kind of, my mind was going in, in an interesting place at that point. So I could have mistakenly thought of safety people as fans, as cheer, as people cheering, but um, it is pretty electric. I mean, to have that many people come out, other than that one little section in Brooklyn, um, which we talked about offline, you know, is just really, really something special. And I will say, you know, we always say like, hey, make sure you wear your your medal the next day. I had my medal. I was walking around on Monday and still even Monday, people were saying, hey, congratulations. And as you said, regardless of your time, whether you finished in eight hours or in two or two and a half hours, you still get the same medal. I think even the finishers get this. There's no special medal. I, I know they get a wreath and they get, a, they get a lot of cash if they win, but they still get the same medal you and I wear. You know, so uh, it's pretty special stuff. Uh, that, that, that's, that's a... That's a very powerful point that you made, um, and especially you know for our listeners who have never done the New York Marathon. I think again, this is part of what makes New York so special. 
Vin, how do you compare this year's to previous years that you've been involved in? This is your third New York marathon, one, right? Yeah, this is my third New York. Um, this one was hands down, out of all the marathons, was hands down my favorite or the best one I've had. Um, you know, from our runners and just interacting with all the runners. But I mentioned it before. Like, So I ran Chicago about a month ago now. So it totally gave me a a new perspective per se. And I talked about it with some of the runners, you know, at the after party and some other people that, you know, yeah, I, I was at these other marathons and I knew what people were doing and I understood that they were becoming part of this unique group of running for us or running a marathon or being that 0.1% of people that are finishing a marathon, but going through that four weeks ago or almost five weeks ago now and putting my body through it, knowing what goes through your mind and knowing through you know, everything along those, the highs and the lows on a race course, um, it just brought it up to that different level for me. So this was hands down, I think, and everyone going forward from here, I think it's just going to continue to build on that. But being able to have that perspective of putting myself through it, um, just gave me a better, a better appreciation, a better understanding, and, you know, just a better gratitude of being a part of what we are. I think, you know, if you've done a marathon, you get it uh, in some ways. As I stare at Brie, who's next, and Chelsea, because they have <laughs> who's not signing done up for hers? Yeah, right? they're signing right? up. They're going to do one. Chelsea signed up for the New York City Marathon next year. Yeah, Chelsea's twenty twenty. So now to move to Brie, Brie, what was your experience uh, in terms of you know? I know you can't compare it to maybe a marathon, but maybe I mean you have had a lot of running in your history previously. So how does this compare maybe to like some of the running? And I know for our audience listening at home, full disclosure, you were an all-American track field athlete. So maybe if we compare it, I mean, it's hard because you were actually physically running yeah. the event. So you didn't physically run, but if we compared it to maybe some of your running stuff that you've experienced in the past. I mean, I've been to meets, big meets where I wasn't running. And so... There was one that I kind of can equate it to. Um, so this year, 2019, I went to the Toyota USA Indoor National Championships because I was unattached. And so the biggest thing for me was I was able to see a lot of professional runners. And for them, that's how they qualify and get ready for the Olympics and for world outdoors and things like that. And people who aren't involved with running or have never been to a marathon or have never been to a track meet don't know the energy that comes behind track and field, a marathon, a 5K, a half. Um, and so with my experience, it was cool because I felt the energy that I feel when I go to compete. And not a lot of people understand what that is. But as a runner, it just – it gives you goosebumps. It makes you so excited even if you're not running to just be in that environment and see people hyped up about something that everybody kind of bags on because nobody likes running. So it's like to see people who aren't running, who haven't ever ran in their life or maybe they have, but to get fired up and to cheer for random people, I mean, there's nothing like that. And – I know we talked about how, you know, sometimes track and field cross country running kind of gets the short end of the stick a lot of the time. And to see for like a day that, you know, this is all people are focused on 
it really just kind of brings that hope that people will start looking at running and competitively running seriously and be like, hey, this is something that we all need to get behind and make it bigger. Yeah, it's it's something uh, we see in Chelsea. I, I look at Chelsea because she's been here the longest, but usually the day after is when everyone wants to run because they come <laughs> off of those events and they wow. get super excited uh, potentially. So on that, thank you for that uh, explanation, Bree, and, and for that uh, story because I, I think that's kind of why we do what we do is not necessarily, yeah, we're there for those events, but the next event. You know, and so on that, let's talk about 2020. And so I'm, I'm going to look at Chelsea um, here because we are recruiting the 2020 team. And for our listeners at home, if you've never done New York, this is now the second podcast this year dedicated to the New York Marathon. I'm being biased here and, and I've been blessed. This was my 10th marathon overall, my third New York. So I've done seven other marathons, some of them are repeats. I've done a lot of the majors, the U.S. majors. I've done all three of the U.S. world majors. And New York is hands down my favorite. So for our listeners at home, next year is a big year, Chelsea, right? Not only for us, because this is going to be kind of a big milestone for us, but also for the New York Marathon. Yeah. I mean, this a big year is like an understatement, in my opinion. It's like it's going to be the 50th anniversary of the running of the New York City Marathon in 2020. And I'm signed up to run. So I, now, I, that's why it's a big year because Chelsea's running. Full I mean, disclosure, that, everyone. That's, Chelsea's that's running. So that, that's why it's going to be a big year because she's running. To win. Yeah. To win. Um, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it's you are running. Be an amazing race to be a part of. NYRR has communicated that it's going to be a huge year for charities. It's going to be a pretty special year uh, to be a part of, of running the New York City Marathon with Project Purple. Uh, and, and we're really excited about it. Uh, we have our application ready to go for those of you who are, are interested in applying. Um, we so haven't if, officially announced it yet. Correct. So if the if listeners are at home listening to this and they do want to run with Chelsea next year at the New York City Marathon for Project Purple, run with Chelsea. That's going to be our new slogan. <laughs> uh, no, it, you, you're not going to be running with Chelsea, but Chelsea will be on the team. But so if someone is interested in learning more about how they can be part of the team, the best bet would be to email Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-Y at projectpurple.org. And she can get you on a list so uh, and we can get you set up so that you can be part of the team in 2020. And we're going to put this out here publicly. We hope if the stars align to have our largest team ever that we've ever fielded here at Project Purple at the 50th anniversary of the New York City Marathon. And the ultimate goal would be to raise a million dollars at that event. So this is the first time this has been said publicly. And we will, if we get what we get from New York Roadrunners, our goal is going to be a million dollars, which will be a feat in itself. It'll be a record. And we hope to do that in New York next year. So if you're interested, email Chelsea. And we would love to have you at the 50th running of the New York City Marathon. So with that, guys, I appreciate the time out of your busy schedules to join me on the Project Purple podcast for some pizza. Thank you to Coach John. He had to cut short. Thank you to Marcy. She had to leave here. Uh, but the pizza was great. The company was better. And we look forward to you joining us, listening at home in New York 
next November for the 50th running of the New York City Marathon. That's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. (laughs) 